Welcome back to my... I have oh, coffee in my group mug. Sorry that I cut you off. You were so excited to do that. No, you have to, you have to build up. You have to have energy at the beginning of the show. And then, you know. All right, here we go. Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. It's Thanksgiving, almost. It probably will be by the time you listen to this. And we've got Adam and Rhiannon and myself, Caleb. Hey guys, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. Excited to talk again. We we haven't done this for so long. We've been on hiatus so long they've already announced an Iron Fist reboot. I think it's it's one of those things where every week I'm like, oh, we should do a show. And then it's like, oh, there's like one or two pieces of news. And then like the next week, there's another one or two. So they've just accumulated to the point that we feel like we have enough to talk about for a little bit. But then we planned to record today and there was just like all this news the past 48 hours, I feel. Yeah. So we're going to jump into it. Uh, let's start with, we have a WandaVision date finally. So January 15th is going to be the first episode of WandaVision. I think there's been confusion, but it seems like what I'm hearing is that it's going to be a six hour show, but maybe broken into nine episodes. Somebody can correct me if that sounds wrong. Uh, guys, are you excited that we finally just have a date to when we get new MCU content? The Empire article, so it's six episodes. Oh, did what they say that? Is okay. a whole, uh, no, now I'm f- double checking or double guessing myself. I believe it said that Empire thing was such a nothing, bro. I'd be so pissed having a cover story and getting nothing. Out of, I mean, they got the two stills or whatever, but... Uh... Did Empire say it was six episodes, or did Feige say that they're going to six sitcoms? Uh, no, it was six episodes. It wasn't uh, inside a quote. That's why I'm double-guessing myself now. I'm pretty sure it said six episodes instead of six hours, or... Because my going, my going guess, if I understand it correctly, is because they're doing this sitcom-y thing... And I do think Feige said they were going to do six different sitcom eras. I feel like what's happening is that we're going to get six half-hour episodes of the sitcom stuff. And then the last three will break into a more traditional MCU deal. And that they'll each be an hour long. It does say six episodes. The natural vehicle to explore that power set is six-episode romp through sitcom history. So maybe just the sitcom part is six episodes. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just my guess. I mean, to me, it doesn't feel like I'm getting excited for an MCU property. It feels like we're getting something. But, like, WandaVision to me feels like such an outside... You know, and it'll be entertaining. And I know in the end it'll connect to everything and be exciting in that regard. But, like, I'm having a hard time getting excited about WandaVision as an MCU. Like, yay, we're finally getting Marvel. Because it feels so different and out there. Right? Well, yeah, and I think what's interesting is there are these connection points, but the connection points are like side characters. So there's going to be Agent Wu from Ant-Man, and there's going to be Darcy from Thor, and there's going to be a grown-up, um, uh, a grown-up, uh, Monica Rambeau from Captain Marvel. But like, but it's not going to be any of those titular characters. It's going to be all these like side characters from these other things, which is kind of an interesting type of interconnectivity. 
And and I'm excited about that type of interconnectivity. But it's like I am going to love this show when it comes. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be fun. Um after watching one and a half seasons of The Mandalorian, I'm gonna be excited for that interconnectivity that I know and and that I'm excited about. Um but like I yeah, it's just not I don't know. I'd be more excited for almost any of the other shows. It also is making it official that 2020 will be an MCU-less year. Like, I think we were hoping that this would come out, like, the last week or two of December, just so that we could say we got anything out of 2020 from the MCU. But alas, this is the first time since 2009. Do not let S.H.I.E.L.D. fans hear you say that. <laughs> MCU-less. S.H.I.E.L.D. fans say the first... Marvel Studios list year, but we know it's the all you know the first MCU list. It's fine. I don't think Shield Stan Twitter even listens to us. Anyways, they probably quit two years ago. Aw, that's so sad. No, I think they listen when we talked about Shield every week. They listen to us probably. I still maintain while we're we're generally positive on Shield positive to neutral depending on how good the episode was but like the fact that we talk about it every week there were a lot of marvel podcasts who just gave up on that show like four or five years ago and the fact that we do a weekly recap like i don't know let's 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 just remember that folks let's just remember that we love that show enough that we talk about it every week all right let's jump into our next bit of news uh we've gotten some details about thor love and thunder Primarily, we've heard that Chris Pratt is going to be in it. Uh, that's been confirmed by his comments on Chris Hemsworth's uh, Instagram. If you guys have not seen this, Chris Hemsworth looks like a real-life Hulk at this point. Like, it is ridiculous how jacked he has gotten for this movie. And uh, we also hear that Vin Diesel, I guess, is supposed to be back. Somebody recently described it as, like, Avengers 5. Uh, I know you guys were both big Ragnarok fans. Are you excited to see Taika get to spend time with that many characters that are like not Thor characters? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about all of it. All of it. Yep. I don't know what else to say about stuff like there was that. Uh, everyone was passing around that paparazzi video that was that was supposedly a Vin Diesel hopping off a plane in Sydney, Australia. But I still have yet to find out why Vin Diesel would need to be on set in Sydney. Yeah, I I was just thinking back when we had Elaine on from Hellstrom. And he was like, oh, I did all my ADR work like over my iPhone. I just assume Vin Diesel does the I Am Groots from like poolside at like some house in Malibu or something. And I remember the Russo brothers saying they did ADR stuff through their phones too for Endgame. So it's just bonkers to think that some lines you hear in Endgame were recorded on some person's phone. Yeah, we've got MCU MCU caliber production here at Marvel News Desk because we're, we're filming about yes. the same way they do. Exactly. So that's just weird. So there is... What's, what's the word of 2020? Misinformation, right? Um, unless he decided to do mocap for whatever reason... But I highly doubt Vin Diesel's going to be walking around in his pajama suit for the first time ever unless he needs a bigger paycheck or wants to character act or something. 
I, I forget. Do they do mocap for like I know Rocket and Groot? They have James Gunn on set for reference, but is that actually mocap? Like I, I guess uh, Rocket's not Groot. Is Groot is they have someone as a stand-in? Um, well, no. Let me rephrase that. So Groot is mocap, and then Sean Gunn is just motion reference. They completely remove him and build a model without using his movements. What's it's real? I don't know why they still do that, but James did it, and everyone's like, "Okay, well, let's give this guy a paycheck for every single movie." Rockets in because apparently the visual effects people love it. So, I mean, I think you guys are thinking too limited as far as Vin Diesel. This is Taika doing a movie, like as as off the cuff as he goes. We could have group transforming into human form, even just briefly or something. And it would be really cool if they did have him just, like, for some weird reason, transform into... Even if it's just Thor hallucinating or whatever. A human version of Groot and it looks like Vin Diesel. (laughs) Or a rumor that is not remotely true, but I'm only saying to make myself happy. Maybe they really do want Vin Diesel to be Black Bolt. And we're going to get a shock appearance in Thor 4. The timeline makes sense with Miss Marvel and whatnot. So Dude, if, oh, if Vin Diesel shows up as Black Bolt... Oh, first of all, I'm not in love with the Vin Diesel as Black Bolt. Like, I get the cuteness of making him a mute character when he's a character that's only a voice. Like, I get that part. I don't love him as an actor as Black Bolt. But if there was a post-credit... Of, like, Thor is somewhere out in the universe and, like, he just comes upon the Inhumans and that sets up Miss Marvel. That would be so good. We could probably do a full episode just on that casting as Black Bolt because I think it's perfect. It's probably the best casting Marvels ever. You need to you need to be quiet and you need to look angry all the time if he has those two uh, things down. Yeah, I get that. Plus, you don't have to hear him talk. <laughs> Besides the one time a movie he says no and blows someone to smithereens. Yeah, Marvel has somehow found a way to get Vin... All of the... They've squeezed every bit of stardom out of Vin Diesel they can while only actually having to put three of his words into the, you know, movies. (laughs) Right. Can you imagine landing that role, though? I mean, you'll have to talk and stuff in flashbacks, but you just kind of walk around and you... You're the main character of a franchise. That'd be that'd be nice. I don't know. I think Anson Mount might have some feelings on how nice that was, but <laughs> it is interesting time wise because I have this timeline in front of me. Thor, Thor: Love and Thunder does come out basically when I expect Miss Marvel's going to come out. Like they'll probably be within a couple months of each other. So, speaking of uh, Anson Mount, we have, have we talked about Dexter at all? How the backlash was so severe. They're like, all right, the we have to come back and actually finish this time. Yeah, we haven't talked about Dexter much on this podcast. But if we want to make that our Christmas episode, I am all about talking about Dexter. I mean, it's adjacent. You know, it's just like... Oh, if we really wanted to torture ourselves, we could binge everything Scott Buck has ever made. And talk about that. Oh, oh. no way. Luckily, it would be a short conversation. <laughs> wow, all that stuff sucked. <laughs> all right. Uh, Deadpool 3 is got writers. 
Um, we're apparently moving forward on this. Uh, it's interesting because it's been described from what I can tell as Deadpool 3. Uh, it's been confirmed it's going to be R-rated, which is what we've heard for years. But people just don't want to believe that. Um, I think I'm a little surprised that it's being talked about as Deadpool 3. Like, I thought Deadpool would come into the MCU, but I wasn't sure if they would finish out a trilogy with them. Uh, Adam, do you have a sense, like, is this going to springboard into the MCU? Or will it be an MCU proper movie? Or will it somehow transition in? Like, do you have any thoughts on what's going on here? They could already shepherd Deadpool into the uh, MCU the way it is, especially with the multiverse and everything that's going on. I mean, save for a blink and you'll miss it cameo from Singer vs. X-Men, you know, what else is in there that's going to throw a wrench in continuity? Um, They had a helicarrier in Deadpool 1. I don't know. I think they're just going to, they'll probably do, I mean, they're going to turn, like we've discussed before, they're going to turn Deadpool into the new Stan Lee and have him cameo everywhere. So he's probably going to show up in the next movie that comes out, you know, um, or the next movie that's filming. I don't even know if, I forgot what's filming. Thor's the next one filming. Doctor Strange 2. Spider-Man's filming right now. Um, Dude, they could get him in the studio and do a post-credits for Black Widow. Right, they could. All right, it's priority Phil. He's he, and that's the type of thing. There, there's that chatter that he's going to Ryan Reynolds is going to have the biggest MCU deal ever, which makes sense. But at the same, they're going to film so many things all at once, and they'll just cut them in whenever they have. They probably already have fifty lines or Easter eggs or whatever said, and and that's like yeah, Rhiannon said. I mean. It's very in the vein of Avengers. To make it super, super timely and stuff, they could record something the week before release and throw it in there. What I kind of... I don't know if they'd ever do this. I think it would be fun to make Deadpool 3 mostly in the Fox universe and then it'd be like an extinction event and then the the good guys just fail. Like Deadpool just fails to save the world and it, like you see the mushroom cloud like coming towards him. And then, like, a portal opens up, and he's like, oh, okay. And he just jumps through it and joins the MCU to, like, officially bury the Fox universe. I personally would enjoy that very much, but I don't know if they'd go that way. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, Deadpool has that fourth wall breaking where he could just be. Like, I know it's weird. I was over in the X-Men universe, but now I walked through a portal and just just start it all. You know, the portal opens up. He walks through, and he's like... Oh, this makes more sense. And I kind of, I kind of expect his first line in the MCU to just be him like walking in, however he's entered the MCU and just be like on your left, you know, to whoever he's talking to, like making fun of Endgame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, I think this is good news. If you're a Deadpool fan, a big X-Men fan, you know, we've been told that this stuff would happen. But I think there was kind of a question of, like, when? Uh, you know, like, there were rumors about... I-, I would say it this way. Every major convention that has happened since uh, the merger with Fox, I've gotten... I've heard whispers that, oh, this is going to be where they talk about Deadpool. And it never happens. And so I think for Deadpool fans, there might have been a little bit of anxiety, like, when is this coming about? So it's I think it's positive for them to see something concrete finally coming down the, the pike. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was very excited to finally see that news. Just to stop those rumors. Right. And the question remains, what the hell happened to uh, Paul and Rhett? I wonder why Marvel decided to move on from them if they didn't like their treatment or pitch or idea or, or what. And this writing team, Adam, I forget, Bob's Burgers, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bob's Burgers. They did. They have something else on Fox right now, but yeah, they are most known for Bob's Burgers. And and that's another thing. I think Kevin Feige, he does is watch cartoons at home between Bob's Burgers and stealing every single Rick and Morty writer that's ever been in the room. <laughs> that's a solid theory. Well, he's admitted recently that, like, he would just sit and watch Nick at Night episodes a lot earlier in his career, so. Oh, we skipped over the whole office in Modern Family Inspirations, oh, too. Oh, yeah. The second they do a WandaVision talking head, it becomes the most, it's the best MCU thing ever. It is interesting that they, they talked about, like, the mockumentary style. Because we've seen the scenes with, like, Wanda coming down the stairs in her Halloween costume. And it felt like that was going to be like a an, an aughts kind of sitcom. And I had floated that I thought it was looked kind of like it might be a Gilmore Girl style thing. But it sounds like they're going to go... Like if they do fake interviews and Vision is like talking straight to camera like Jim Halpert, it's going to be excellent. I'm so excited right. about that idea. Oh, if they could get... This is just my personal preference. They should get Ron Howard to come in and do voiceovers like Arrested Development, you know? Oh, I'm sure that's probably in the works or something is what they love of Arrested Development, too. Oh, man. I can just imagine Vision, Vision, I'll be right back, Wanda. And then Ron Howard comes over. He wouldn't be right back. (laughs) Right. Oh, they they can afford that. They can get Ron in studio to narrate an episode. It's probably done. That's an excellent idea. Rhiannon, do you have anything to say about the Bob Burgers guys? I'm excited about that. I think it's women yes. or a woman. Sisters. The team. I, I actually long ago like went to a panel with them on how they come up with their comedy. And it was really interesting how they, how they you know, punched up their jokes and, and set it all up. Um, and it was really interesting. So really cool to see the transition from that to Deadpool. Yeah. What, uh, I would love to hear their method on coming up with acting, or comedy. Is it just like reading the news in 2020? No, no, so like, I mean, they would script out an episode, and they would be like, and we want this to be a joke, and we want this to be a joke, and we want this to be a joke, and then as a writing team, they would punch, I mean, for every single joke that makes it to the show, there are at least five, if not like a whole page of potential jokes, and then they're just kind of like, well, which one's funniest? You know, do we do we want to go, you know, with the slapstick route, or do we want to go with this, uh, you know, political reference, or you know, but like for every single joke that makes it to the show, there's at least five options, if not ten, fifteen, that they that they choose from. They just brainstorm all of these jokes. Yeah, when I called them guys earlier, I was using my Midwestern plural. I kind of wish we'd go back to thou and thee and ye, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Hmm. Will you push, you try to get your Yankee friends to go with thou? I'll try to thorify <laughs> the world. <laughs> okay, Thor, yeah. What are you doing? All right, Shakespeare, go at it. I'll just keep saying y'all. 
much easier. Yeah. Something that's not really news, but was kind of news. Um, uh, one of the Marvel uh, top brass, I think it was Victoria Alonso, uh, made sure that we knew that uh, there will be no digital replacements for Chadwick Boseman in the upcoming Black Panther movie. I think we all kind of knew there was no way on earth they were going to do that. But nonetheless, um, that has been made firm. But we have heard they're going to start rolling cameras on Black Panther 2 in July of next year. At least that's according to the trades. Um, Rhiannon, are you surprised that we're not getting more delays on this? Like, it seems odd to me that they've decided yeah. already what they're going to do, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I trust what they say and that they did not know that Chadwick Boseman was ill. Um. So I'm trusting that they didn't, you know, already have something written to have him, you know, leaving or to to take place. This really kind of points towards them recasting. And that seems so quick to be doing. And I would think that if they aren't recasting, it points towards... Maybe, I mean, maybe the only other option is they really had planned a very Shuri-focused movie. And this, maybe this is during the blip or something, you know. But Shuri was blipped, wasn't she? Uh, I don't think ever on screen. I think the Russo said that she was, but I don't think we ever saw it, um, anything that made it be that way in the films. Yeah, so, I mean, I just... Yeah, I mean, I guess there are options of what they could have been planning for the movie that involved very little of Black Panther himself, but that also, like, we would have been furious if they had done a second Black Panther movie and it didn't actually have T'Challa in it. Um, so, I, I, it's just, yeah, it is very shocking that they're filling again so soon, because it seems like they would either need time to rewrite or they would need time to just sort of, I don't uh, you know, let people mourn. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think more than anything, if Ryan Coogler came out today and said, honestly, I still haven't gotten over it, I haven't even been able to look at that script yet, none of us would blame him. You know, like, we'd all be yeah. like, no, totally understand. Yeah. And so, yeah. the fact, I mean, and this is not to judge that he, that they have apparently done something. It's just, it's it's surprising to me that they're, they've already gotten to a place where they're trying to figure out the ne- the way forward. Adam, do you have thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, so Shuri becomes Black Panther relatively... I mean, I think it was mid-2000s, but as, like, solo Black Panther stories come, I mean, he's had... He's usually a supporting character ahead of the uh, priest run of, like, 88 or... Or not 88, 98 or 99, right? right? So he had some series, and then I think Shuri was Black Panther in 2004 or 2005, so there wasn't... It wasn't like decades of Spider-Man before the mantle switched, you know? So it's totally possible that they were already planning on doing a story um, that that would make Shuri Black Panther somehow, you know? Whether it be through, like, a Atlantis Attacks or, or something. We got one villain casting, and it said it's one of the villains of... Um, the movie, the Narcos guy, I don't even, I can't remember his name, my apologies. Um, but, um, 
I don't know, man. Recasting's probably not going to sit right with me. I don't like that. I'm one of the many, many people on Twitter that probably wouldn't like a recasting. And it points to the fact, if this came to the trades already, they've known the decision for a while, which means they're the script's likely done because they're going to need to start. We're talking half a year away, six months, seven months away. They want to start filming, so they're going to have to start scouting locations and building sets and and all that stuff. So this is a lot further along than I think anyone realized. Which which I, I just don't get it because like I mean to me the for the obvious answer would be they were planning to use digital footage or, you know, digitally remaster footage that they had to get it to a point that it turns over to Jerry or because there wasn't going to be a whole lot of T'Challa in it. I, it's just not adding up. This is just totally me, like, giving out a hypothetical. The only way any of this makes sense is if at some point before he passed, Chadwick shared with someone or wrote a letter or something that just, like, really explicitly said, like, I care so much about this character, I want to see him go on. Like, if there's something like that, that Marvel can tactfully say... You know, we didn't know he was sick, but then, you know, he wrote this letter for us before he passed that really asked us to keep pushing on. Or he sent something to Ryan Coogler to say, like, even if I'm not here, I want you to still do this. And again, I'm not saying that exists. I'm saying if something like that existed, that to me paves the way to where people could much more quickly say, okay, we need to recast. That's what Chadwick wanted, you know? Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's going to be weird. I think that them re- I think you're right, Rhiannon, that the idea that they totally rewrote this movie as a Shuri movie or completely rewrote it so that Black Panther dies in the first five minutes in the time since his passing, given the fact that everyone would need time to kind of mourn and deal with his passing, just doesn't to me that this would if I'm making odds as like a bookmaker, I would think that recasting is much more on the cards now that they're moving this quickly with it. Because that's the only way you can use the script you had before, I would think. Yeah. All right. Uh, We also hear that Ant-Man 3 is supposed to begin production. I think we got some sort of uh, reporting that it's going to start in June. Um, uh, Do I have that right? Yes, I think it's going to start filming in uh, June, according to some sites. Uh, more importantly, we got um, news that they've hired a production designer. And then, <laughs> I don't know if we should believe this, but the guy who plays Cassie Lang's stepdad told us <laughs> that he's going to be filming it next year. Which, nice. oops, like, yeah, nice, nice going, buddy. Um, I, I mean, it looks like Ant-Man 3 is moving ahead. The biggest interesting thing with this, you know, I, I've tried to plot out where all these movies are. Right now, the only open release date we have is October of 2022. And we've got Ant-Man 3, Deadpool 3, and Blade all potentially taking that spot. And so, it's just going to be interesting to see. They're they're making more movies than I have any idea how they're going to put out, I guess I'm saying. Any thoughts on Ant-Man 3 and all that stuff? Well, more date-wise, are there any untitled Fox dates still available? Because I'm not... Still sold on the idea that Deadpool's actually still going to carry the Marvel Studios 
brand. I think they'll keep it under 20th Century Fox just for... 20th Century Studios, excuse me. Because of the whole rated R stuff and situation. Yeah, I think that's true. So I'm not sure if that means a similar Hellstrom situation. So I don't know. Maybe are, is there untitled Fox dates still out there? I I do I not know enough to be I able to tell you the answer to that question. Um, and it's probably going to change next week, anyways. What with how the world is. Well, and I was about to say. I mean, we 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 also have on this the December 10th Disney investors call, where we've started to see rumors and stuff about how they're going to announce an adult-oriented version of the platform or. Um, an 18 plus you know a way a way to sort of move into the 18 plus market and also um so they're going to do that and they're also there's also rumors of them talking about more straight to streaming type releases now i don't think that the marvel stuff is what they would be looking at for straight to streaming but maybe ant-man 3 is something that they would consider for straight to streaming or, you know, something like that to boost up their streaming services. That's interesting. There is zero reason Black Widow is not a premium VOD offering by Christmas. Right. There's zero reason. I will. That is a hill I will die on. Feel free to tweet me at me or whatever so I can block you because that <laughs> is... I don't see why why they would make they would make I say this with caution. It is my belief they would make more charging fifty bucks a head. I think Caleb you floated that number. Not even a head. Fifty bucks uh pay per view if you want to call it a pay per view. Um between now and May than they will at a May box office. I really think that's a true possibility. Well, and this wasn't in my notes necessarily, but I mean, let's talk about it. Wonder Woman is going just straight to HBO Max. DC finally said enough. Like, let's just do it. For free. Well, for a subscription. So I tweeted about this. Right. I feel like HBO Max has more room to wiggle because their service costs 20 bucks a month. And so if someone is buying a month of HBO Max only to only watch Wonder Woman, which there will be some people who'll do that. HBO is making 20 bucks on it. And if they forget to unsubscribe at the end of the month, they're going to make 40 bucks off it. Whereas Disney in that same situation is going to make six, maybe $12. Like it, to me, that changes the financial calculus, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it does. If we're, if we're just talking about subscription, that's why you have to do the, the premium bit on there. For what it's worth, I only pay a dollar less for Netflix than I do for HBO Max. And I think the prices are rising again. Um, well, and, I mean, they Disney sees Hamilton on Disney Plus as a victory. And they paid, what, $74 million, $75 million, $70-something million for Hamilton? And they're, they're touting that as a huge victory that it, that it did, that they got increased subscribers and everything because of that. Um, and I'd have to say a Marvel movie would be a bigger draw than Hamilton. Yeah. Except for the fact that a lot of Marvel fans probably already have Disney plus. And it would certainly be bigger than Mulan. So let's not hear that argument. Yeah. The Mulan arguments. To me, the reason Disney plus doesn't go with Black Widow though, is because of how they feel about theaters. And I think Disney is a little differently positioned than other studios in that, like, a Universal does big blockbusters, 
But they only have a couple. Like with Universal, it's Jurassic Park and it's Fast and Furious, and that's about it. The thing with Disney is that they have two unique things that need theater releases. They do the giant blockbusters, the Marvel, the Star Wars, uh, and those are things that they put out with a much more frequent basis. You know, there's three or four Marvel movies a year now versus one, fan, you know, one Fast and Furious a year. And then the other thing is Disney also does animation. And theatrical animation runs are longer and more lucrative than a lot of other similarly budgeted movies. Because animation and families just, it can run longer in the theaters. And so I think the thing that's holding them back is not the finances or the money even. I think Disney really is the most invested in not ticking off theater owners because their model is the most dependent upon theater grosses. And I think that's why. They've moved soul to Disney Plus, though. I think that's free, too. Right? Christmas Day. Um, I don't know, man. It is what it is when it comes to theaters. You know, a lot of them probably won't make it. Through this, I think all regals are closed through the end of the year. Um, what's Disney care? You know, you think Disney cares about theaters? Because the more theaters that go out of business, that's going to create the vacuum for Disney to come in and buy theaters now that they can buy theaters. Or have theaters. If that can get through regulators, that's interesting. I think the bigger thing is like an endgame type event was a huge financial blockbuster home run. It was a grand slam. Like, you cannot say how big of a deal Endgame is for revenues right. for a Disney. And I don't think streaming will ever get you that kind of money. Like, a- Right, but we're talking... I mean, it depends yeah. on the content. We're talking Black Widow versus Avengers Endgame, you know? Black Widow is, what, a prequel? It's... You could probably say not one of the most popular Avengers. I mean, Scar Joe's an A-lister, but... I agree, but I think Disney is using Black Widow as a way to prove to theater owners we really care about you and we want to keep this relation good so they don't potentially spoil Avengers 5 or Avengers 6 from having that sort of distribution network. Who knows, maybe this time next year there there will be zero theaters left and it's all streaming the way it is because that's what we have to put up with. I mean, it's a possibility. I, I, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, they're making huge corporate shifts to the world of streaming. It's just bonker. I mean, Marvel Studios is going to do straight to streaming video or film at some point. Whether it's like the Power Pack animated feature or something. Um, sometime they'll do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, the last bit of news I had was Miss Marvel has started filming. I, I left this last not because I'm not excited, but because there's not a lot to say. She's on a bike. She's with Bruno. She's wearing a Captain Marvel Halloween costume. Um, yeah, so Miss Marvel is, is, you know, cameras are rolling. I think that's exciting. That is exciting. You know what's also exciting? Before I say this, I'm super hyped about Miss Marvel. It looks great. But cameras are also likely filming on Hawkeye as well. Yeah, apparently. It's it's the Fraction stuff, right? He has a bandage. Holy crap, he has a band-aid. Whoa, I missed this and I'm Googling. So Jeremy Renner yesterday ran and posted a picture and he's like, rough Monday. And he he's like makeup so he's like all bruised and he's got bandages and stuff. And... It just looks like a picture of Clint from the Fraction Run 
It's far, just, I don't know, just the way they place the bandages and everything. Clint-y, it Clint. is. It is. I found it. Totally. I Clint. love it. Oh, and we didn't talk about the 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 stories came out, Rhiannon, that they're going to make Hawkeye deaf in the show. Yeah. Didn't we hear that already? Um, I mean, didn't we, like, through legit sources? <laughs> not, just... not just rumors. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first time I saw it on the news was uh, just in the last week or so, so. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. That's that's like the one thing I've always wanted. Well, I think we talked about as soon as they started talking about casting Echo, it didn't necessarily mean the storyline, but those two things kind of fit together, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll be really cool. Really cool. Um yeah, I'm really excited about that. I mean, that's one of the best things about the Fraction Run, so I mean, maybe they'll be doing the Fraction Run as we know it in the first couple of episodes to get Clint in that place and maybe give uh, Katie Kate a chance to step into the story. Speaking of which, we still don't know who Katie Kate is technically. Right. I was about to say, uh, my guess is that by the time this hits podcast listeners ears, they'll be like, why aren't you talking about the casting of fill in the blank for the role of Kate Barton? Because I'm, or not Kate Barton, Kate, um, whatever her name is. Bishop. Bishop. Um, because my guess is that's going to hit probably between when we record this and publish this. But Adam, do you know something? No, I have no idea. Oh. I'm, I'm just assuming. I guessed Moon Knight from Halloween, and that came true. And I also guessed this by Thanksgiving, so I would assume today or tomorrow we probably... Um, it's just because Kate's a huge name and they're not going to let it go... Uh, for whatever reason. It's the type of situation, if it's not Steinfeld, Twitter's going to be mad. Um, um, he also got his face in a cast as well for molds. Oh, yeah, to for, potentially do, like, the whole uh, Hawkeye mask. mask. If they drop, like, the carnival... If Barney Barton is in Hawkeye, it's going to be the greatest thing ever created. I think I've already used that once, but... This is this is the instance where it's going to be the greatest thing. That's all I want is Barney and do the swordsman and Hawkeye at a carnival. That'd be amazing. As some sort of freak show type thing. Um, Marvel has been bringing swordsmen back into the comics a bit more in the last year. So let's we'll see. That's that's the work of Chief Creative Officer Kevin Feige, man. How much do you think he actually like reads the comics or controls what goes on now? With his new role? Yeah. My guess is that he shows up to the creative retreats and he just like, I think it's probably like that children book author in the movie Elf where he just has like so many great ideas. He just comes in and like drops three or four and they're all like, oh, that's gold, you know, and they just take it and run with it. And he does about 15 minutes of work with it. But I can see every single writer at that retreat just turning into a leech trying to land a movie gig or TV gig or something. Hey, Kevin, what about this idea? Venom. Just venomize everything. No. Settle down, Donny Cates. <laughs> that was a good comic joke for people who are into the comic. That was really... I was like, wait a second. Oh, okay. Um... So just to wrap up all this news stuff, uh, I did an infographic for Marvel News Desk last night, which we don't usually do. You and, did. Well, just because I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Like, I don't think people realize the volume of stuff. So let me just take a random subsection. Let's say July or August of next year. 
Hopefully Black Widow will be out. Shang-Chi will be out. Eternals will be ready to be out. They're finishing up Spidey 3's post-production. Doctor Strange is going to be in post-production. Thor will be finishing filming or just finished. Black Panther 2 will be filming. Ant-Man 3 will be filming. Potentially Captain Marvel 2 will be filming. They'll be in post-production for Loki and Hawkeye and probably Miss Marvel. She-Hulk and Moon Knight will both be filming and possibly Nick Fury will be started up. Like, there's so much stuff that they're doing at once. And it appears, from what we're hearing from Murphy's Multiverse, that the way they're doing these Disney Plus shows is that they're grouping two together. So, like, Hawkeye and Miss Marvel are filming at the same time. And then She-Hulk and Moon Knight will sort of dovetail a bit with that, and those two will film at the same time. And then the Nick Fury Secret Invasion show and some other thing, maybe Ironheart, are going to be filming after that. But, like, at any given time, Marvel will seriously have four to six shows that they're either writing scripts for or filming or doing post-production work on at all given times. And it really is an insane volume of stuff. You know how much content the internet would get if just one picture of the Marvel Studios whiteboard link. I was about to say. One whiteboard picture and we have content for five years. More like this graphic that you put together. Is it in uh, MS Projects as a Gantt chart so that I can see it from a project manager standpoint? Or am I going to have to do that? (laughs) You can can put that together. I'm sure at least three of our listeners would be excited about that. Yeah, when you have, send me those dates, and if I get bored, I will put it into a project manager Gantt chart. I mean, just from the Disney Plus side, we have zero Disney Plus shows out yet. Yet, WandaVision is probably almost done to totally finished. They're working on Falcon and Loki. The animators are scribbling away on What If. They're filming Hawkeye and Miss Marvel. They've already got scripts in for She-Hulk. So, like, right now, Feige is working on probably three or four shows you've never heard of. Like part of his attention right now is getting writers and getting scripts in place for shows. They're going to come out at the 2023. Like this machine is gotten very large and it's just going to be interesting. The glut of stuff as a podcaster, I'm just wistfully hoping for the day where every week we have something amazing to talk about, you know? I I certainly hope that he's in that mood to start producing new things after Sunday, November 29th. Oh, yeah. That that could be. Daredevil show might be on on tap, too. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking for a little bit, and we we already talked about that. Like, Saturday, November... I don't think we have... No, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, November 29th is when Marvel gets the Daredevil rights back. How many hours is that? How many minutes from when THR first reported the cancellation? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> tracking it that obsessively. Um, someone is. Someone is. I'll put out the call with the hashtag. I was about to say, call up the hashtag. I'm sure there is somebody. They're, they might have done a countdown timer on the Save Daredevil website. but um. So one more thing I do want to talk about quickly. Uh, Marvel 6... So. We do want to talk about New Mutants at some point. I don't think we're mm-hmm. going to do it today. I watched it. It's very unwatchable. Mediocre. I'm sorry. I have a dentist appointment and I'm super excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I love, I watch like sports from New Zealand sometimes and their sports casters do this like really deadpan thing 
where they're like, oh, that was a very average kick, which means <laughs> it was very bad, but they don't want, like, it's a euphemism, you know? And I will just say New Mutants is a very average movie. <laughs> yeah, you didn't um, sell it for me wanting to rush out and watch it, but... yeah. So Marvel 616, though, has also come out. It's this new documentary series on Disney+. And I just thought we'd talk about it quickly. Uh, have you guys seen any episodes of this? And what do you think of it? I watched the the Dan Slott one is the one I watched. Oh, I, okay. I started at the beginning with the Japanese Spider-Man one. Um, and I... Like, the story, like, what they were telling was super interesting. I just feel like as a documentary, it was very badly presented like i felt like the story could have very much used a narrator or like some background music or something to take people that maybe weren't all that charismatic in their storytelling and make it a charismatic storytelling yeah it's interesting because they really build this as like we got all these great directors who have unique viewpoints I don't think any of it's been bad. I think I was a little more positive on that episode maybe than you, Rhiannon, but I definitely don't feel like it's like avant-garde. Like it's fine. It's just, it's an average documentary. Like it's just, I don't think there's anything particularly crazy special about what they've done, but uh, Adam, there's been a bit of Twitter kerfuffle about. Yes, there has. So I watched it last night just to find out what's going on. I don't get it. Like, it's just Dan Slott's a procrastinator. Is that all that really there is to talk about? <sighs> Comics people, man. You know, you discourse. It, so, he, I mean, he's notorious for missing deadlines. He's notorious for coming up with stories that don't really mesh well. There was just the story he did in Fantastic Four involving Franklin, and it kind of undoes or contrasts what Hickman's doing with X of Swords, which is... Ten of Swords, excuse me, which is just just absolutely bonkers. Uh, it's just weird that they would make a whole episode on their own writer, their own exclusive. It's just weird that they thought the, of the idea and they filmed it and they produced it. And, and Dan participated and the whole episode is about how he's not bad at his job, but he just keeps doing it poorly with missed deadlines and fighting on twitter with people and all that stuff it's just weird and it it rubbed everyone the wrong way because there's millions of writers on the internet that are chomping at the bit to write spider-man and fantastic four right that would turn in scripts months ahead of schedule yeah, but that's not... You don't get a job as a Marvel writer because you're great at keeping deadlines. It's about, like, you write stories that people find compelling. And at this point, like, he's got a track record that people like him. And he sells books. Like, to me, it was... How do you that? not sell a Spider-Man book? How do you not... Like, how does Spider-Man not sell? I mean, it doesn't take the world's best writer to sell Spider-Man or, or Fantastic Four. I mean, I've loved his Fantastic Four stuff, don't get me wrong. Um... I just thought he was, I just think he came off as lovable. Like, that was just, like, he's just, he's a goofy guy, and he's probably a bit of a pain in the butt to work with. But, like, I didn't feel like anybody on that documentary was like, oh, dude, this guy's a pariah. Like, it was like, yeah, Dan's a little behind schedule, and it can be frustrating, and it can be a late night sometimes because he gets to use stuff he's later than he should. But, but... None of those guys were like, oh, I hate working with Dan. Like, they all seemed to really enjoy that they were on a book with him, you know? 
think they're just happy to be on a book, man. What was it? He got the book to a letterer like five days before it was supposed to go to print or something like that. Or I can't remember what the timeline is. Well, and he said the letterer is the guy I feel most guilty about. And the letterer was like, yeah, it can be rough when I work with him. But, you know, but like, I don't know. Like, it was all kind of in good spirit. And then Joe, I don't even know how to say Joe's last name, Caramanga or whatever. He hit Twitter afterwards and he's like, yeah, I always letter from hospital rooms and such because deadlines and stuff. And it just, it helps promote that crunch culture or whatever you want to call it. That's kind of Ridley and video games. Speaking of video games, Fallen Order is one of the best I've ever played. <laughs> I wonder if this is going to come up. So I got Avengers, by the way. Uh, it was great. My sister just signed up for a new, like, internet service with Verizon. And so she got a free copy of it, you know? Really? And so she gave it to me. Mm-hmm. And, wow, that game's terrible. Like, I play it for five or ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, I'm bored of this. I don't like that. Like, and I really want to. Like, I wasn't one trying to be one of those toxic internet people. I just, woof. I hate it. Yeah, it's not. it's not as good as it should be. All right. Uh, I also just mentioned quickly, I watched the higher, further, faster, the like women in comics and women at Marvel one. And I loved it. Like I watched it with our, our daughters and my wife and, you know, it's just, it's awesome to see kind of the stories of female creators at Marvel. So I would. I'll try that one next then. It's long. It's like an hour and 15 minutes long, but it's cool, Rhiannon, because they, they show like women in the 50s and 60s that were really not given a like bad shake of it and it's just kind of mm-hmm. the story for a lot of them are like i took what i could get and i made the most of it and yeah. uh, it does have your um uh somebody you're a big fan of the daredevil and nonsenti is that right oh and yes yeah, she's she's Anna in it pretty, pretty, um, pretty prominently so oh cool yeah awesome all right i think we're need to wrap now so Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Adam, Rihanna, it was good to see you. Actually, I didn't technically see you because of my camera being weird. But it was still good being on here. But anyways, thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you to our Patreons. You guys help us uh, pay the bills, keep it hosted, and all that kind of stuff. Um, And uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving or time off or whatever you're doing this week. And we'll be back to talk about New Mutants. And I hope to be able to talk about more announcements and stuff soon before the end of the year and if you have ideas about what we should do for our special holiday episode our patreons get a episode that is only for them Uh, in the past we've done an mcu film ranking we've done great debates last year we talked about if star wars and marvel should ever cross over so if you guys have an idea of something you'd like us to talk about in that episode we're always uh all ears are open so Anyways, thanks for listening to the pod, guys. Thanks to Tim for our uh, logo. Thanks to Alvin for our theme music. Uh, And we will see you guys later.